Oh, g'day there, and welcome to the rewrap for Thursday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking Breakfast on Newstalk ZB in a sillier package. I am NZB, and this morning, um, we're, are we making progress with this retail crime? No. Some people are, and some people aren't, apparently. We'll explain sh- uh, more shortly. Uh, more on this whole Shakespeare Festival funding Ferrari and um, sports sponsorship Ferrari in um, Fiora or Ferrari. Anyway. Uh, rum bustification. Let's go with rum bustification in Australia and uh, Kanye's uh, rum bustification. That seems to be never ending. But before any of that, immigration, immigration, immigration. Why is this taking so long? I thought we had sorted it. Michael, well, just let me give you the numbers on the, the visas. This is visa processing, 35,000 visitors. You know what a visitor is? Do you remember what a visitor is? It's a person who comes into the country, looks around the country and spends money. Uh, we like them. We used to like them. We used what, to from somewhere else. Yeah, 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 from other countries. They come in from other places and they look at us and they go, "I wouldn't mind a holiday in that particular part of the world." How and they could come. that possibly? It's extraordinary, I know. But uh, the thirty-five thousand of them wanted a visa and they just haven't got one. Almost half of all people asking for visas to visit this country since July have not been told whether they can come or not. How's that for a tourism campaign, eh? Uh, where the bloody hell are you? And the answer is in the line. Fewer than half. Of the 14,000 accredited employer work visas approved since the start of July have been processed. So they keep saying, oh, don't worry, chefs are coming in, hospitals being sorted, plenty of nurses in the line. Oh, it's fantastic. Whoops, not. Can we Gr- get some uh, immigration processing staff in? Green list residence visas are moving faster. Here's the good news. Of more than 400 straight to residence applications that have come in during the past six weeks, 61. Is that even good news? 61 of 400? Is that even? Are they doing anything, for God's sake? Well, I'm literally suggesting that they, they, they've got a labour shortage with the visa processing, just like everything has. Everybody, everywhere, there isn't enough people anywhere. Uh, although they don't seem to be short-staffed with the ram raiding outfits, do they? They seem to be able to find plenty of people to work um, that job. I have some, I think, PR from the police this morning. Uh, they've made hundreds and indeed laid thousands, hundreds of arrests and laid thousands of charges for offending in the retail businesses. Now, this is in the Waikato. This is the Ram Raids. 205 offenders have been arrested, a total of 307 times. So work that one out for yourself. For, do the math. Uh, for the smash and grab style offending, some of those arrested are repeat offenders. No. No. How, the, how can that be? Overall, those charged are facing or have faced a total of 1,229 charges filed in the youth court. In Auckland, 142 youth offenders, 1,036 charges since May. In many instances, individuals have been charged with more than one offence and on more than one occasion. Now, the PR part of this, why are they telling you this? One, they're telling you this because they're going, look, we're doing our job, and we've all got sympathy for the police because they're under-resourced and overworked, of course. But why also are they telling us this? What they're telling us is, read the numbers, join the dots. What they're saying is, look, we're rounding them up, we're arresting them, we're laying the charges, but how come they're still out there? How come this ram raids are still working? The answer is the justice system. So what they're subliminally suggesting to you this morning is they're doing their job. Somebody else isn't doing theirs. Oh, oh I hope it's not me. Because uh, it would be hard for me to not do my job because it's not really a job. Um... And also, most people don't know what it is either. They don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, so they don't know if I'm doing it or not. That's the best kind of job to have. That's why I ended up doing it, I think. Um, 
If your job is uh, doing Shakespeare, uh, you might be a misogynist racist, I think. Creative New Zealand. They've been stung badly for their behaviour this week and have been embarrassed by an embarrassed Prime Minister who went and usurped them for easy political points to, um, well, they've, quote-unquote, spoken out. This is Shakespeare and the funding they rejected because of the canon of imperialism. Now, first point, who speaks like that? The canon of imperialism. What, what, what condescending tosh. So the application's in. It gets rejected for the first time in over a decade. Uh, it's not Maori or Polynesian. It's some white pom we're no longer interested in, apparently. It doesn't fit the agenda of the day. Ah, the agenda of the day. As, as dictated by the government in increasing areas of our lives, whether we like it or not. Uh, from Maori names for everything, from agencies to reports to news bulletins, phraseology to appointments to rules to democracy itself. As, as Willie keeps telling us, democracy has changed. But despite the fact they've engineered this new New Zealand as we draw ever closer to the election and they sniff the wind and read the polls, uh, the politician in the PM takes over and sensing an easy victory, she abandons her agenda to get a few dollars out of another department to, ta-da, fix the problem. Now, to be fair to Creative New Zealand, I don't know whether they embraced this new agenda and hence their issues with Shakespeare or they were dragged kicking and screaming, but they are the ones with eggs on their face. They don't hate Shakespeare, they bleat now. We don't hate Shakespeare. That's what they Well, we don't hate Shakespeare in victim mode. It's just they don't have enough money to fund everything. Uh, everyone wants money and they've got to make some decisions. Well, yes, they do. This is, in fact, the model that they've always followed. And their general dilemma, i.e., too many applicants, not enough money, is one, not new, and two, the plight of virtually everyone that hands out money. But as well as pleading poor, they've also had a crack at the commentary and the feedback they got, and in that, sadly fell into another new fad we've got going these days, racism. If you bag them, you must be racist. And they didn't like that. I don't blame them. But in arguing that, what they did was wrong does not make you a racist. Uh, taking them to task as yet another agency immersed in this new obsession does not make them a racist. So too many debates are shut down these days with the old, oh, that's racist. Oh, what, what do you mean? You haven't swallowed this hook, line and sinker? Well, you must be a racist then, mustn't you? No, we are not racist. In this case, we simply called out stupidity and a blind version of it. What they did was woke, pompous nonsense. Good news is, for once, the pushback actually worked. It's, it's hard, isn't it? Because often people think that Shakespeare is woke, pom pompous nonsense. Uh, it's a very confusing situation. Uh, we'll, we'll get to Kanye soon enough, but before we do, let's go across uh, to Australia, where player power means that they just don't have any sponsors anymore and nobody to pay their wages. Australian sports wandered into a dangerous area of self-importance and self-entitlement. If you're following this, we've got the cricket team, or more particularly the captain, Pat Cummins, have objected to the sponsorship of a company called Alinta, who have a parent company called Pioneer Sale, who are big emitters of carbon. Yes, it's a climate change problem. Meantime, over at Netball Australia, the players aren't thrilled with their sponsors. Hancock prospecting one of Gina Reinhardt's operations once again. Climate change. Several fold question here. What rights do players have over the money that pays their wages? Does the success, financial or otherwise, of the sport come into it? And where does the line get drawn around, one, what a player thinks, and two, what the sport thinks? Now, cricket is successful, although it must be said for reasons that are too detailed to go into here right now. Previous issues around sponsorship have left Alinta as one of the few larger remaining players willing to cough up. Netball, of course, is cash-strapped. Post-COVID, a lot of sports are cash-strapped. What you may not know is that major sponsorship is hard to come by. Small sponsorship, not as hard. But sponsorship into the millions starts to be the domain of a comparative handful of companies. In Australia, then, it's hardly surprising to find mining companies as some of those options. And in that, 
is one of the great ironies of the greater debate. Say whatever you want about mining or oil or iron ore, but it pays the taxes. It's made Western Australia super rich. It provides the jobs. It is what the world is demanding after it turns out solar and sunflower seeds weren't all they were cracked up to be when the war broke out. You can't have it both ways. You can't take the money and bank it while at the same time poo-pooing them and running a mile. Here also, as a fairly simple truth, in a cash-strapped sport like netball, dollars win or you don't play. Now, if you don't want to play, that's your choice. But you can't call the shots. You can't be on too high a horse. The Australian cricket captain might have more sway. They tend to be household names. But the moral high ground is easy to talk about, harder to live with when you're out of work. But I think... I don't think these people are so silly. I mean, some of them might be. But some of them are actually probably saying they're prepared to make that stand. They're prepared to be out of work in order to, I don't know, save the planet. Uh, it's difficult to do your work uh, if your cricket pitch is underwater, as the one in Brisbane was yesterday, so the Black Caps couldn't play. Or if it's got no grass on it because it's all dried up. Or well, your sports stands, stadiums burned down. Such a greeny gleam. I know, I know. Hey, um, as much as I hate to, let's um, hear a little bit more from Kanye. What's he said today? Trending now on the Mike Hosking Breakfast. Kanye West is back this morning. So what have we got so far? We've got the anti-Semitic comments, of course. Uh, We said the Jewish media is against him. And then he claimed he was going DEFCON 3 against Jewish people and saying the Jewish community controlled the black voice. And those comments continue this week. We played you a little bit from Revolt TV. Now he's appeared on Piers Morgan Uncensored to apologise. Sort of. Racism is racism. And you know that, I think, don't you? Yeah, obviously, that's why I said it. So you said it knowing it's racist? Yes. I fought fire with fire. Okay. I'm not here to get hosed down. At least that's honest. a different type of freedom fighter. You know, I will say I'm sorry for the people that I hurt with the DEFCON, the, the confusion that I call. I feel mm. like I call, I cause hurt and confusion. And I'm sorry for the families of the people that had nothing to do with the, the trauma that I had been through and that I use my platform where you say hurt people hurt people. And I, I was hurt. I can't get a handle on him. I don't know where he's at. Every, he says, he's, what I think he is, is he's a deeply complex person. And every now and again, he says something. Yeah, I think he is. And I think every now and again, he says something moderately interesting. And then he'll follow it up with something really, really dumb. Isn't, and then it, isn't it just mental illness being played out for it, it could entertainment? Be, it, it, could be, it could be something like that. But, 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 Glenn, there's a very fine line between madness and genius. If only we could figure out where that line was. <laughs> We've been sitting here for 15 years trying to work out where the hell that is. Yeah, I mean, he's, he used to enrage me. I used to get very annoyed with Kanye only because so many people liked him and thought that he was making music, uh, which he clearly wasn't. He opened for U2 once. That was weird. I went to a U2 concert and I definitely did not want to... Don't you hate it when the support act is, is nothing like the music that you want to... that you're there to see? And it... Yeah. I mean... I wasn't old then either. I wasn't that old. So it wasn't just me being an old person that didn't understand young people's music. It was a U2 fan not understanding Kanye's 
And as I say, I struggle to call it music. And that, so that kind of thing used to make me very angry. Now I just get sad. I feel sorry for him. Because um, he's just so obviously so out of touch with reality. Aren't we all though? I don't know that I've got that firm a grip on it either. I'm Glenn ZB. Um, sorry for Kanye. Uh, thanks for um, joining me in my descent to madness. And uh, we'll descend down a little bit further again tomorrow. See you then. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.